Hey, hey, welcome to this episode of I Date Money. I'm your hostess, Lisa Drennan, your wealth activator on a mission to help 1 million women become millionaires without sacrificing their self-sovereignty by falling head over heels in love with money. How do you ask? By hearing tips and strategies and stories of others who have been through similar experiences. So maybe you'll get that aha moment. Today, we have an awesome guest, Tanessa Shears. Shears. It's like cheers. <laughs> yeah, like- you got it. <laughs> <laughs> she helps entrepreneurs double their energy and focus so they can make more money in their business. She works closely with business owners to eliminate brain fog and wake up well-rested so they can get more done in less time. It's all about collapsing time. Maintain yep. consistent, stable energy throughout the day and feel better than they have in years. Tanessa is also the host of the Becoming Limitless podcast, sharing her expertise on optimizing health and focus for business success. So important to get rid of brain fog. I know, especially like as you get older, you don't sleep as much, you toss and turn, you got all these worries. What made you step into um, being this, this health coach to help entrepreneurs with this specific issue? Yeah. Well, in 2014, I opened a business as a personal trainer, but I soon found that, you know, seeing 33 client hours a week, then marketing, then writing programs and then customer service, like I was run into the ground. Like I was actually eating between client sessions, like hiding in the, you know, where my bag was trying to, and I was like, this is, this is not sustainable. And this is exhausting. And if I have kids, how does this even fit into the picture? And so it was about in 2015, I was like, I need to figure out how to do this online. And naturally, as an entrepreneur, you, you know, there's ebbs and flows. You'll learn new things. And it would took about five years. I kept switching out one day online for one day of personal training. And in about 2020, I went fully online, which is so fun because that was when my first daughter was born. And since then, I've worked exclusively helping entrepreneurs, you know, work on their sleep and their food and get their health in order and, and you know, take it off the back burner because I feel like I what happens honestly whether you have a business or whether you have a full-time job like it's so easy to let our health slip and so that's kind of my job is to help you find a personalized way to get that back on track yeah and it's so important to have that balance because i know when you're physically not feeling well or energized you're not doing anything i mean i worked with tons of clients throughout the years and if they you know a lot of them would have disabilities and they couldn't do their jobs and they would you know go out on short-term disability and that would turn into long-term disability. And just to get out of bed in the morning was an effort. And a lot of times we don't even realize like we're eating this fast food in between. We're not taking that breaks. Like you have to take a break, right? You know, 10, 15 minute breaks just to refresh your soul and, and to kind of move forward, but feed your body things that are healthy. And when we consider, when we look at finances, like the same concept goes with finances, right? If you're not paying attention to your money, it's not going to be healthy. So what helped you to optimize your backend financials in your business to sustain your clarity and your own health, knowing that you were transitioning from the, I'm assuming brick and mortar to the online. So what was that pivotal moment for you? Yeah. Well, for me, it was just really understanding that I always want to feel like I have that nervous system safety within my business. So even from when I was young, 
like always having emergency savings in place and like the stuff that we know that we should do, but don't actually always get time to put it into play. So within the business, as I was always like, I want three to six months of covering all of my expenses and including if I had to pay myself out because this was before I was incorporated. Right. And so just making sure that I had that nervous system safety in place, because for me, like when I was showing up in my business where it was like, I need to make money this month, that always feels graspy. And I feel like people can always tell when you're coming from a place of like, I need money right now. And so by having that buffer in place, it was such a nervous system calmer. And I was able to be like, ah, I can show up and I can just have fun with this. And fun always attracts more people. And I always just find like by settling that for me, it just made such a difference in, in the, like I said, the fun in my business. Mm -hmm. That's that's really important to point out is, you know, if you need money, people recognize that and they actually back away. They're like, no, what? I I don't want your thing. So how did you transition from that need to that? Oh, I get to help. Yeah. Well, it was partly because um, like we we're talking about the savings was in the business, but I think where that real tipping point came is when we started realizing that a lot of our personal investments we're starting to cover our lifestyle expenses because we invest for dividends and distributions. But when those started slowly covering off, you know, first our mortgage, and then it would cover our phone bills, and then it would cover our car payments. So building that as like kind of our focus side project, like really putting our energy into that and looking at like, what would this look like if we could take that stress off the table as well? Like having that buffer with the business and then having that buffer in the personal life. And it just created such, I guess, a sense of emotional safety where I was able to start seeing it as like, okay, my brain is not having to spend so much time thinking about where the money has come from. And it can put it more into how can I help my clients? What's a fun new thing to do with the marketing? You know, what new thing can I try? Maybe I have some money for Facebook ads. So it really let me explore a lot more in my business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And having that, that sense of security, knowing that the needs, you know, we have our four walls, those are met, and then we get to explore more of the wants. So one of my favorite ways to do that with myself and my clients is to create money buckets. What are some of your money buckets? Oh, personal or business? Both. Talk about both. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So we, one of the decisions that we made is we want to spend four to six months a year traveling. So both my husband and I own online businesses. So we're able to do that. So our huge big bucket is obviously towards travel. So that's, I think the bucket that gets most of the attention right now. Um, beyond that, what do we love to spend on? Like, I really like just fun things sometimes that make me feel rejuvenated and refreshed. And so like some fun skincare is something that I love putting money into for fun. Um, I'm thinking of things that aren't the usual ones, like, you know, paying the mortgage and the right. phone bill and stuff like that. Um, I've got two little girls, one and three. So it, things for them, like taking them to the pumpkin patch a couple, like last month. And, uh, we're taking them to Disney ice capades, like things mm -hmm. like that I find are so fun to pour my money into now. Um, but on the business side, because my business is in the, uh, wearable tech and health space. So I use a lot of technology, like an aura ring and a Fitbit to help with that. I'm always getting to test out new gear. So testing out the newest uh, biohacking sleep mask or like finding out what the newest red light does and letting that be something that fuels the fun when I get to do a podcast about it, or I get to do something, but like being able to um, play in my business that brings more education to my clients as well and fun new gadgets to try, because that's kind of what makes business fun for me is being able to play in the field and still work with it with clients. Yeah. And that's awesome. If you're not having fun, you shouldn't be doing it, right? <laughs> that was our motto for every pregnancy, for every big thing we do. It, it's it's got to be fun. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. take the fun out of it and it's work <laughs> and nobody wants to work, right? So knowing that you're in a place where you don't have to work, you can walk away from the business. What's your exit plan? For our business specifically? Mm-hmm. And you, would you mean like if we had to end the business? Because I honestly love what I do. And that's why, like, even though our finances are covered, I still get to do it. Yeah. But do you want to do it until like you're 90 or do you have a plan where, you know, you'll eventually just like we all retire from our nine to fives, right? There's a, a retirement date. There's an end goal in mind. Yeah. You know, back in the day, it was we're working for this pension. You know, we're going to retire. Nowadays, it's not like that at all. Nowadays, people hop around job to job, go on entrepreneur, switch back and forth, do both at the same time. Yeah. You know what? It gives me such a sense of fulfillment that I, I don't knowing who I am. I don't see myself ever not working in some capacity. I find it gives me a sense of purpose. I love connecting with people. I like that fulfillment side of it. And like I said, like we had the option to both quit our jobs. My husband was a full-time mechanic up until last year and he did just quit. And he does video work for fun now, because one of the things we've learned is being home full-time with kids it's, it's like uh, some people love it, but I really love that balance and being able to still keep me as who I was pre-kids. And I find that that is a lot in my work. And so I don't plan on actually ending my type of work. Do I know if I'll always be in the health field? I don't know. But right now, this is something that I do want to pursue long-term mm-hmm. for sure, because we had the option to stop working last year and here I am still doing it for fun, right? Yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah. Knowing what you want and knowing what the, you know, the plan is always reflecting and refining because three years down the road, you might be like, you know what, I want to try this, especially with all the technology that's coming into place, especially when it comes to health and the studies and the improvements that they're doing. And uh, it's amazing the strides that they've made in the last just five years with the healthcare industry. So what's your, when you work with clients, what's your most rewarding thing that you get from them when you help them to help succeed in their own businesses. Yeah. You would think it would be somebody like, you know, feeling good in their body or, you know, waking up feeling energized. But the ones that I like the most, there's a specific example that comes to mind. I had a client that said after work, I had enough energy to walk with my kids to the park, hang out with them and come home. Whereas before I would have just collapsed onto the couch and that was all I had the energy for. And so I like to think like, could the work that we're doing, could that start breaking generational excuses where it's like, I'm too tired to work out. I'm too tired to hang out with you. I'm too tired to do that in the evening. But like, whether we have kids or not, like being able to give back to ourselves in the form of the things that we want to pursue with our spare time, like the hobbies we want to do, the cooking classes we want to take, the time with our loved ones, the activities with our kids, like what all of that are we missing because we don't have the energy in the afternoon? I think it's that. Mm-hmm. Like really seeing someone say, I actually got to spend the time with my kids that felt meaningful instead of exhausting. That's a really big shift. That's cool. Yeah, that is. It's a big shift. So you have two little girls, one in mm-hmm. three. I have yep. two daughters that are one in three. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. It's such a fun age. There's always a lot going on. <laughs> yeah, it is a fun age. So knowing how well that you and your husband have done financially and you've gotten to this place, you're you know both in the online world producing all this income, how will you pass that on to the next generation? Through education. 
that's one of the things is for, for me, my, my mom made me start paying rent at 15. I had to buy my own car. I paid my way through university, like the whole deal. I bought a, a townhouse in Vancouver here at 25 years old. And so the whole time I griped and said, nobody else's mom is making them do that. And I was so upset that I got no help for university. I had to do it all on my own, save it all. And I was so upset with that. But in retrospect, having that experience as an adult, like, I feel like I'm very well set financially because I under, I had to figure out what it was to, if I wanted a car, I better save. How am I going to pay that rent every month? How am I going to pay my way through school and still enjoy a social life? And so I had to learn those skills really early on. And so I don't think it was like a financial gift I was given that helped with the financial literacy I have now. It was the self-education, which is great because if my kids can be smarter than I am, then I've done my job. So if I can already start them with what I know now, given how much I grew on my own, like I think it really sets them up for just understanding how it works, how to get money to make money for you instead of just leaving it in a you know 0.5% savings account. Like what are the options? And not being scared of it. I found like my parents were terrified of investing. All their stuff is in cash. And while you know some safety is important in that, it's also depreciated a lot. And mm -hmm. so I think education is how I want to pass it down onto them instead of leaving. I mean, when we pass, we'll probably leave them a hefty sum of money as well, but I want them to really understand how to financially create it for themselves before they're gifted it. Yeah. And that's so important because without the education, it doesn't matter how much money they get. They're not going to be able to manage it properly. They're just going to, you know, it'll be like a, their hands will turn into a sieve you know, because not everyone can hold on to the frequency of money. So if your mom made you do this at 15, that's really young. <laughs> and then it United was States, like you're not even old enough to work. <laughs> I guess you can work very limited at 15. It was McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, but very limited hours. And she didn't, she just basically said you have to pay rent, but she didn't teach you like how to budget or anything like that. No. And even, even come back around, my parents have looked to us now and are like, okay, you need to help us because we have no idea what's going on. And I try to get them like, well, okay, first of all, you just need to know what you're spending in a month before you, you need to know what you're working with. And they won't even do that to this point. So it was really yeah. just, I think it was a, a little bit of a personality type, very organized and structured. And I always felt that knowing my numbers gave me a sense of security and control. Mm -hmm. And that really felt like, I'm like, okay, cool. And then once I learned what I could, what was possible, what I could create for myself when I had money. It became a little addicting as I was saving up for my first house. I was like, okay, let's see how big we can get this. Let's see how big yeah. we can get this. <laughs> yeah. And it's very addicting. It could be just as addicting as spending money. So how did you keep that balance, especially as a teenager with no skill set, to be able to keep that balance of saving and spending and having to pay rent at 15 years old? Yeah, I was very disciplined, extremely disciplined. And I, when I go after something that I want, I get it because I, all my focus goes into that. Maybe a little bit to the detriment of, you know, some of the fun that I probably had, but honestly, like if I look back at the way I've done things now, like the freedom I have now is so much more than the freedom my friends had at 15 when they weren't having to worry about stuff like this. But it's super interesting. When I met my, my husband, we've been together almost nine years now. He was like, he was living at his parents' house and he bought a motorcycle on a credit card. Like right before we started dating, he was in debt and he was a spender on everything. And one of the conditions that I said was, I was like, you, if you, you can't have debt, if we're going to move in, you have to clear that out first. And it's been fascinating to see now his spending has changed so much over the years now that we are on the same page. Mm -hmm. And it's been, I got to say, it's been really lovely to get to do this with him, meaning we 
both are chasing the same thing because I think had he come in and stayed how he was and chosen not to rise to the occasion to set some financial goals that I think there were probably would have been a lot of clashing in the way we both perceived how money is held and spent. So it was kind of cool to watch him go through that evolution. It's been such a transformation. Oh yeah. It's the number one cause for divorce. If you're not on the same page with money. <laughs> yeah. We talked about that early on too, which is why we yeah. were like, you know, before we move in together, we just need to get on the same page and that has to be sex. I don't, I don't want to lose him over something like that down the road. So I wanted to make sure that was pretty steady before we, oh, before yeah. we got married. Yeah. A lot of people can't break their bad habits of being, you know, a spender or a saver. What, what worked for him to be able to break his bad habits? I made him start looking at what was going on. Mm-hmm. So when he realized he was spending $600 a month on eating out and he was like, oh my gosh, I was like, yeah, you have to go to work for like 20 hours for that. And he started being, well, that's not very fun. And then <laughs> once we started getting to that point where um, the interest was peaked in investing and he could start to see, well, if I put you know a dollar in and it starts getting me a little bit of money back. And then once we started broaching the idea of like, maybe you don't have to work full-time in your job and you can come home and help with the kids and support me in my business. I think it really became like a, Oh, like that sounds fun. Like that freedom to him and to me was worth so much more than grabbing Wendy's on the way home, than Mm -hmm. getting the newest camera gear. And I think it was like, when you get your teeth sunk into something that is better than the instant gratification of a purchase, like think about freedom from work, optional work. We both still work, but at any moment, like we're going to go travel to Panama for two months in January and we can afford it because of that. And so I think it's it's getting your teeth into something that wakes you up in the morning like that, that, that did it for him. <laughs> yeah. And realizing that and, and not even just hearing about it, but actually seeing it on paper and knowing like, oh, this is what I'm doing with all my money. Like why? And it really thinking about the purpose of your purchase and like changing that behavior so that you have a different goal in place of that, you know, because if you have no goals, you're not going to be able to make your money work for you. So if it doesn't make sense, it's not going to make dollars, right? So when you think about planning out for your, the next 12 months, a lot of, you know, entrepreneurs were getting ready to wind down the 2023 going into 2024. What's your big goal for your business in 2024? For 2024, I'm bringing in a scalable offer, right? Because when we're starting to now, this is the beautiful thing is now we're starting to look like, what do we want life to look like now that, you know, there's that phase, especially in entrepreneurship where the focus is on getting the revenue in. Yeah. You have to get that going. But when you get to that point and it's like, where, where do we want to, what do we want to do? And when we want to travel, my brain is going, okay, well, how does this business have to look to continue traveling? And this whole year has been spent visualizing that and creating a scalable offer so that I don't have to be on all one-on-one calls. There's that balance in there. So, I mean, I had this very clear visual of my husband and my girls on the beach in Panama and me in the office taking calls, looking out at them in the sun. And I was like, no, this has to change. And so the goal for 2024 is to make this fully scalable. So no matter what time zone I go to, where I go, my clients and my customers still have the same support, but I can also blend that, that dream that's outside of my business. That's where Mm -hmm. we're going. (laughs) That's beautiful. Yeah. Having that balance is so important because I know a lot of entrepreneurs, seems like a lot of, a lot of guests that come on the show do one-to-one coaching. And I know group coaching used to be a huge thing. It seems like people are tending to move away from that and have that more um, exclusive VIP type of treatment. So when you think about scaling your offer, does that mean an increase for your prices or changing your program up? What does that look like? 
Yeah. So I took my existing one-on-one coaching offer and I built in obviously full backend programming and uh, courses. And I added a full community with other entrepreneurs that are focused on health and not just business. It's so easy to find business masterminds, but to find a business environment where health is also a priority, it's a very unique way and a supportive community. And then adding in the group calls and adding in all of these other benefits, I was able to raise my one-on-one prices and then offer a, a lower ticket community. And by lower ticket, it's still in the you know low four figure range. But having said that, it is a offer in which there is a group call and I am there on Slack support. So that gives that little bit of diversity where I can still work with the people who want that high touch, high ticket approach, but it's limited. And then there's also this wonderful offer that they can continue on. And once they've received that um, value from the one-on-one, or if they just want to come in at that, at that more community level, but that is what's allowing me to scale is, is making the, the one-on-one very exclusive, high end, high touch data driven. And then the community brings in that whole other system, but just minus the weekly calls. Yeah. Beautiful. When you think about that, when you're in the container teaching these entrepreneurs about their health, how does that increase their, their money? How does that 10X their profit? Oh, that's such a good question. So think about this. We've all shown up to work business, feeling foggy, tired, not really into it. Maybe we have headaches. And I asked them this, I'm like, how long does it take you to get through the stuff in your day? How often are you distracted? How often do you lose productivity to to feeling fatigue? I have people say, I get afternoon energy crashes. All I can do in the afternoon is focus on admin tasks or light work and that I can't really get my brain to work the way I want it to work. And I asked them this, like, what if you could get done in four hours, what now takes you five or six and you are to start freeing up that extra time? Like even for, for me, that that could be an extra three, $4,000 a month if I get an extra hour and a half free every single, I mean, just if that was an hour and a half a week, never mind per day. So if you're looking at high ticket, slotting a coaching spot in, taking on a new consulting client, um, pitching really high-end projects, like this is where you start bringing that income back in is like, if your brain is clear, you make better decisions, you think faster, you are more productive, you create more time in your day. We're not losing time to distraction anymore. You're not losing time to any of that. And that's when we get your brain to work faster. Your output, your business increases naturally without having to work into the evenings, late at night, burning the candle at both ends. And so it kind of creates that balance at the same time as a bit more money. Mm -hmm. What modality do you use to make that happen? Meaning like, how do I facilitate the results? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what I use is something called an aura ring specifically. And the ring that I'm wearing tracks everything from uh, the phases you go through in your sleep, your heart rate, your breathing rate, uh, all of these things like this. And so what I do is I have a, a protocol that I help them put in place and it, we get direct feedback on if it's working or not. So let's say for example, okay, um, I'm noticing you're getting six hours of sleep per night. This is likely affecting your brain performance. Let's bump it up to seven hours. Okay. I have the data that you're consistently getting seven hours. How are you feeling? Okay, better. Okay, cool. Well, now we have this. I'm noticing your deep sleep is a little low. So let's go in. And I have, you know, three different things to target that. And so by being able to see what is off with the data, whether it's not enough deep sleep, not enough RAM, your body's under stress, I'm able to go in with very specific targeted health habits instead of, I just find there's so much on the internet. 
Mm-hmm. And we don't have time to do, oh my gosh, should I be doing 10,000 steps a day, five workouts, eating like that? We don't have time for that. So my job is to go in and create very personalized, targeted health protocols to what makes a difference for you. So that when life gets busy, when your kids get sick, you know exactly the things to do that create the results instead of feeling like you need to hold all of these health habits. Mm-hmm. And so it's that process, but with sleep, with food, with exercise and resilience and that ability to manage your stress. Okay. So you like create a nutrition program specific to that person along with workouts or no? Uh, Top to bottom, everything's in there. Like with the workouts so far, we're mostly just looking at working with entrepreneurs where nobody's really prioritizing their health at this point. So what it's looking like is like, okay, what would it look like to actually get moving a day and, and breaking a lot of myths? Like I feel a lot of us think that we should be doing the four to five workouts per week where honestly, if we walk 20 minutes a day consistently, that has a huge effect. So we're starting to look at what we actually have time for. So building in, I think those sustainable habits that also progress us towards where we want to be. And that's more of a step-by-step thing, depending on where the starting point is. Yeah. And that's beautiful to put that package together and understand, I mean, like everything we do affects our wealth, health and relationships. And when we have a personalized roadmap, for anything that we're doing, it's going to create results, you know, and working through the thought process because our thoughts are our most powerful tool. And when we think about what we're thinking and telling ourselves all these stories like, well, this isn't going to work and I don't have time for this and that. Well, yes, you make time. If you really, truly want this result, this is how we're going to, you know, this is the result you want. Let's reverse engineer it and let's put a plan in place. When it comes to your business plan, most entrepreneurs don't have one. What's yours look like? My business plan right now is I think that there's uh, five things that we focus on. First of all, lead generation, bringing people in. So right now I'm doing that through a combination of honestly, podcast interviews, Facebook ads, and my podcast brings a decent number of leads in. And then from there, after we generate the leads, it's nurture. And again, that is through email lists, social media content, podcast. Um, From that, we're looking at how can we funnel them through our sales process. And so constantly looking at where is the bottleneck? Where are we losing people? Are we not bringing people in the top of the funnel? Are we, you know, not closing the sales? And then of course on delivery and retention. So looking at, okay, how many of our clients are getting results, making sure we're sending out feedback forms. Where is that falling apart? And I think to basically answer your question, the business plan is like, we're executing everything in those different departments. And then looking at where is our bottleneck? Where are we losing either retention or revenue? Where is slowing us down in our growth? And Mm -hmm. so I think it's like, it's not like a, we're working on this and then this it's, it's evolutionary, right? Like when you add the Facebook ads in, sure, that might bring in the leads, but now if they're not converting, it's a new problem. So I think it's constantly going, you know, every quarter, every month, reassessing where's the block in the funnel. And then it evolves throughout the month, but looking at all of that in relation to consistently bringing in clients into our, into our community and helping them with their health. Right. Yeah. And so important to look at that every quarter and visit that and say, okay, this is how we did. This is what we're celebrating. This is what we're going to do to tweak it. Always reflecting and refining. When you think about your profit margin, how close to you are you are you to your 2023 goal or have you superpassed it profit margin or gross revenue i guess profit, profit margin yeah we run a very lean business right because if you think about like it's it's me and most of my expenses come from uh, marketing expenses with Facebook ads. And then I send my clients aura rings because that's what really makes the program so effective. And, you know, mm-hmm. so when I'm looking at those in respect to the revenue, we're up at like 80%. So that feels really good coming in there and knowing we have a lot of buffer room to play. So mm-hmm. how close are we? We passed it in about September. <laughs> well, that's awesome. That's, yeah, that's a, quarter, a quarter, almost a little over a quarter early. 
I know it's, it's, a, it's been a fun year. It's been a fun year. And I think it, like a lot of what I said earlier, it's that detachment to the result mm-hmm. and trying new things and finding that that kind of works. People sense the energy behind that. Yeah. And I think a lot, a lot of people are more health conscious too, especially coming out of the pandemic, losing loved ones and realizing that life is too short. Tomorrow's not promised. Mm-hmm. And I know sleep is important, but you know, like anything we all need, a personal trainer, a health coach, or what have you to help us. I mean, we all know that we need to eat our greens and our fruits and all of that. We all know we need to get the you know, proper number of sleep, but we don't do it. We push mm-hmm. ourselves to this limit. And then we get to the point where it affects us physically. And maybe we even end up having a disability or what have you, but it could have been prevented. It could have been, you know, slowed down. Something could have happened that could have changed that path. And that's where it's so important to have experts like yourself and in finances, like myself, a wealth activator, because we can't see our blind spots, Mm -hmm. you know, and when you know something's not working, like you've implemented these things and it's not working, it's like, oh, maybe it's something as simple as tracking my sleep with a ring. You know, I know I have a Fitbit watch or not a Fitbit, but an Apple watch that tracks my sleeping. And I love the message in the morning when it says, congrats, you're doing awesome. You slept eight hours last night. I'm like, I did. It doesn't feel like it. (laughs) You know, and this morning. Like I'm always very aware of my energy when I wake up. It's like this morning I woke up, I was a one. I was like, why? I got eight hours of sleep. Why do I feel so groggy? I literally felt like I drank last night. And I'm like, I didn't drink last night. Like what happened? And just what happened? It's called sleep inertia. You likely woke up in the middle of a deep sleep cycle. um, Mm -hmm. And when that happens, it can take up to four hours for your cognitive performance to get up to full speed. Oh, yeah, it's quite, it's quite common. Usually it's caused by like alarm clocks or if you're woken up by a noise or something like that, it's really fascinating. There's little hacks to fix almost everything with sleep. Oh yeah. I bet. And I think, you know what you said about like, we all know we need to do it, but we don't. Yeah. I think when you can tie it to your business success, you can tie it to your profit and you get that experience of what it feels like to perform like that. And then it's like, you have a bad night of sleep and you're like, Oh no, no. I can't perform. This is, I cannot do this anymore. And I think it makes it really easy to lean into those uh, solid health habits when you know that they're directly affecting your revenue because and your profit, right? Because that's what matters to so much of us. And to making that tie, that's that's the link that's missing. Oh yeah. The body speaks volumes when it comes to to realizing anything that we want, you know, especially when it comes to building wealth. And it's so important to pay attention to what it's saying because it's it it just it, it gives us signals all day long. But so much, so many of us, even in nine to fives, you know, when I reti- before I retired from my career job, I would see my coworkers. I mean, so many of them had migraines, mm-hmm. and they were actually using Botox to take care of their migraines. And I'm like, you know, I think it was the fluorescent lights, but it was just the idea of the stress of you know leaving home to come into work to do all the stuff. I mean, we we worked at Social Security Administration, and that's like a it's a very high paced, very, you know, like lots of people coming at you type of environment. And there's so many different things that you have to know and do. And instead of acknowledging that, oh, I need to slow down. I need to take care of myself. They would just push, they would work through lunch. They wouldn't take their breaks. I'm like, please just go take a break. Like you'll do so much better if you just go take a break and knowing that and recognizing that. So that's awesome. So you told us a lot about what you do. And who you work with, when you think about your um, plan to transition into like going from being, you know, you're working from home, you have your two little kids, your two little daughters at home. What is your way to transition from work to home life? 
being yeah, in the same you, physical environment. <laughs> oh, I know. Right. I think one of those things is it's a constant evolution for one, but I'll tell you what I'm doing right now, because I am such a fan of experimentation because I think different seasons of our life call for different routines. And so one of the things I do now is there is two days a week where I put a 20 minute walk as a buffer and I do my best to unplug. Like it's so easy to put a podcast in and go for a walk. But just to unplug and let your, hear your brain, hear what's going on, feel what's going on. I think we numb out to that. We become human doings and we don't hear what's going on. So giving that time to really check in with yourself, go for a walk. And then there's two other days a week because I work four days a week, two days a week where like after this, I have a workout planned and then I'll meet with my coach for 30 minutes and then I get to be with my family for the rest of the night. And so I think it's for me, movement does it. I have a client and he likes to do visualization. He likes to do a work shutdown routine. I've got another client who really likes to um, do non-sleep deep rest. It's a type of uh, brain boot for the afternoon, so to speak. But for me right now, it's just getting out of my body. I've been sitting all day, get moving again, then go back to the kids. Yeah, that's beautiful. I know a lot of my clients who only work during certain hours. So it's like, you know, the ones where the kids will get up at six o'clock in the morning and work till noon and then noon, everything shuts down and they go and they hang out with their kids and their family and having that routine in place and the non-negotiables of nope, nope, it's Friday. I'm not taking any calls on Friday. Friday is my fun day. I get to do what I want to do or what have you. It doesn't have to be Friday. I mean, I just chose Friday. It could be Monday or Tuesday. It could be any day of the week you want because you're an entrepreneur and you get to call the shots. And there's nothing that. that can't wait till Monday. Yeah. Well, like I said, Monday doesn't matter either. It's just, you know, you mark the time, right? (laughs) I always look at my priorities. It's like, okay, is there a deadline on this? Do I need to submit this for something or are we good? And I know when it comes to finances, we're always like, you know, the bills need to be paid. And I always say, well, just pay them when you get them, you don't, or, and put them on auto because you don't have to worry about it. Right. And, you know, meeting with money once a week, having that date night is a non-negotiable, like this is your scheduled date with money. You meet with money, you celebrate it, you have fun and you get to pay your bills. You get to set aside money in your fun money bucket and in your savings. And you get to watch your money grow as you invest in yourself because you are your best asset. So thank you so much for sharing all of the the knowledge, all of your experiences with us. Share with us um, your best financial tip that you've implemented in your life that's really helped you to level up. It was understanding the tracking and it was something that I was told to do very young. I started tracking in 2012, I think. Um, but it was once I did that and I'm, you start to see the numbers coming in, you start to see what your income is, then you get to see where that room for possibility is. And I think that that's what happens after you have paid down your expenses for the month, you put away a little bit of money in savings. And that's where you get to start seeing that. And for us, that moment was when we took my husband's income on the Excel spreadsheet and we hit delete and everything still worked. Mm -hmm. And I think had we not have known our numbers, we couldn't have made a logic fueled decision. It's always emotions until you have the data and then it's logic. Cause we Mm -hmm. had a lot of pushback from our family when we made a lot of the financial decisions we did, but the numbers don't lie. It's math it adds up or it doesn't. And taking that emotion out of it was just because we had been so diligent with our tracking. So when we were told to, when I was told to start doing that as a kid, and I saw that manifest into everything that we've created so far, it's just something I will never stop doing. Yeah. Yeah. And I I like to say, there's other ways to track your money besides Excel sheets, you know, and numbers. A lot of times it's just making a list of what you're spending your money on. Cause a lot of my clients will come to me and they're like, I have no money. I'm like, well, yes, you do. Because think about what you have. And one of my clients, when she started listing out all the things she spent her money on, she 
found that she was buying a lot of Kate Spade purses. And she's like, she doesn't even carry a purse. And I'm like, ah, so actually decluttering that thought process of, you know, because a lot of people are like, I don't like math. I don't like numbers. And Excel sheets are wonderful. There's so many different apps out there. But when you realize like, what is making you spend money and realizing that, oh, I have been spending a lot of money at Starbucks or going out to eat with my friends. I have one client who loves to socialize, but she socializes with friends individually. So four or five times a week, she's going out to breakfast, lunch, dinner. And I'm like, wow, I said, that's awesome that you love to spend your money that way. She says, well, what do you mean? I go, well, it costs more money to eat out than it does at home. And she knew that, but she didn't know that until I put, brought it to her attention. She's like, oh, I said, well, yeah, just keep, keep your track of how many times you go out to eat. Don't worry about the numbers or anything. Just keep track. And then she realized and that looked made her look and say, how much am I spending? Where where am I? Let me pull up the, the transactions. And when she added up, she was like, do you know how much money I'm spending? I'm like, no, how much? And I'm like, and why does that bother you? Like, what is the trigger that says I'm spending too much? And when we do everything in percentages, it totally changes our perspective about where our money gets to go. So thank you so much for that tip. I love that. Um, and with those of you listening, Connect with Tanessa. Her links to connect with her are in the show notes. So if you're an entrepreneur who is feeling brain fog, you're just not producing what you want to produce during the week, during the day, right? You find yourself strapped to your laptop and it's 10 o'clock at night and your whole family's in bed and you're still up. Tanessa's your lady to talk to you to change that. This Oracle ring, I've heard of those. I bet you it's a great tool to help you get to where you want to be. And remember, it doesn't matter how much money you make, it's what you do with it.